0: Good evening and welcome to Westbrook Park Wednesday Night Worship. Tonight we're sharing in a version of a Good Friday service. In these days of pandemic, it's hard to really know uh, what to do. And uh, I have chosen um, to uh, give a Good Friday service on Wednesday night. It seems to me like some of you are used to this night. We'll post it on the internet uh, later this week. But for tonight, this is what we're doing. So I'm glad you've joined us. I hope that you will sit back and reflect upon uh, the death of Jesus Christ. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas Judas who betrayed him was standing with them when Jesus said to them I am he they drew back and fell to the ground so he asked them again who do you seek and they said Jesus of Nazareth and Jesus said I told you that I'm he so if you seek me let these men go this was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me I have not lost one Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, "'Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me?' high priest then questioned jesus about his disciples and his teaching jesus answered him i have spoken openly to the world i have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all jews come together i have said nothing in secret why do you ask me ask those who have heard me what i said to them they know what i said When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand and said, Is that how you answer the high priest? And Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why would you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing by and warming himself. So they said to him, You also... "'are not one of his disciples, are you?' "'And he denied it, and said, "'I am not.' "'One of the servants of the high priest, "'a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, "'asked, "'Didn't I see you in the garden with him?' "'Peter again denied it, "'and at once a rooster crowed. "'Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas "'to the governor's headquarters. "'It was early morning. "'They themselves did not enter the governor's house "'so that they would not be defiled, "'but could eat Passover.' So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. From then on Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stain Pavement, in an Aramaic Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. They took Jesus. And he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the Place of the Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic and in Latin and in Greek. The chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather write, The man said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts. One part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to each other, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. Church, we have read the story of the trial, not all of it, but most of it, from the Gospel of John and the crucifixion of Jesus. You know, these days many people are confused about even who they themselves are. But John in this passage, truly, this crucifixion passage, gives us a clear picture of who God is. And it's a bit confusing picture if you look simply at what we've read tonight. Here's the Son of God hanging on a cross. He suffered, and he will die a horrific death, and it truly is something that most of us listening today cannot even imagine. Think about what Isaac Watts wrote in that great song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I survey the wondrous cross, on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ, my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Look from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands demands my soul, my life, my all. But why does, in the words of Isaac Watts, the Prince of Glory die? Why does the blood of Christ represent both sorrow and love mingled down together? And why does that thorn crown comprise such a rich crown? What would cause someone to say that this picture of this Christ demands our lives, our souls. You know, on the cross, there's this crossing of both heaven and earth that takes place. It's very similar to the event that took place not long ago, which we call Christmas. Both God and human are given to us in that manger scene. And here at the cross, this This man that hangs there, the Roman centurion called him the Son of God. This whole story, this whole picture of Jesus on a cross has no meaning unless we get to understand why the divine Son of God, the God come in the flesh, suffered the way he did. But look at the picture for a minute. There are two thieves hanging there. Remember, Pilate said Jesus had no guilt. He said, I find no guilt in this man, no guilt. When the Jewish leaders approached Pilate, they had no storyline except they wouldn't waste this man's time unless Jesus had done something wrong. These two thieves, they were guilty of something, but Pilate and the narrative of John both agree. Jesus Christ was innocent. For an innocent man to die, especially by crucifixion, this was something unique. This was something extraordinary, and we have to figure out why. When you approach the question of why did Jesus Christ get crucified, there's a few things you got to think about. First, did the Jews crucify Jesus, or did the Romans crucify Jesus? Execution of choice for Romans was crucifixion. The Jews would have just performed an old fashioned stoning. <laughs> Most likely the Jews were not able to carry out capital punishment when they were under Roman rule. Most likely there really isn't an answer, was it the Jews or was it the Romans? I've got a book on my shelf here. It was written by A. W. Tozier, and the question the title of the book is the question who put Jesus on the cross? It's really the gist of the question. Was it the Romans? Was it the Jews? And the final answer that A.W. Tozer gives us is this. It was us. Pilate gave the orders to crucify Jesus. The soldiers carried it out. And at the same time, Jesus was probably more offensive to the Jews than he was to the Romans. Yeah, Jesus was seen as rebelling against the Roman government but he was crucified as the king of the Jews. That's the sign that was placed on his head. Yeah, Jesus was crucified between two robbers. Uh, the word in the language of, the, of origin is actually an insurrectionist. Remember, there was one Barabbas that got let loose in Jesus' place. The charge in Luke's gospel, and again, we're reading in John, but in Luke's gospel, the charge against Jesus was that he was subverting the nation. So in a sense, he fit in. But they began to to accuse Jesus. They said, we found this man misleading the nation. He's forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar. And they're saying that he himself, he's saying that he himself is a king. They said he stirs up the people. He's taught throughout Judea, Galilee, and even to this place. The problem is the teaching. Jesus affirmed love for his enemies. He promoted kindness to others. He told his disciples not to fight, even when he was arrested. He encouraged the paying of taxes to Caesar. He didn't look like an insurrectionist. Also, after he was executed, his followers weren't rounded up and destroyed. They were allowed to form a small faith community in Jerusalem. Jesus wasn't an insurrectionist. Pilate knew that. Pilate knew he was caught between a rock and a hard place. He didn't want to get the attention of Rome on himself for what he was doing, but he also didn't want to antagonize these Jewish people and cause them to also draw the attention of Rome. So Jesus probably got killed for these reasons. Mm, It kept the Jewish leaders content. Mm, It put Jesus away in case he really was planning on becoming some king of sorts. But it also was a message to others that might want to have their sights set upon becoming a king. Jesus well Jesus was a problem. For the law and for the temple, he was challenging the authority and the validity of both. He posed a threat to the Pharisees and the rabbis rabbis in that regard. Jesus said he had authority over the law, over the Sabbath. He actually treated them both as secondary to the needs of humans. He accused the Pharisees of making their traditions higher than the very commands of God. He called them prideful hypocrites, whitewashed stones, greedy, and he told the people not to act like them. He actually had no friends amongst the religious elite of his day. You know, in my mind, that's probably not a bad place to be. There are many things that got Jesus put on that cross. But why does John, in his gospel, put him on the cross? Basically, the only one in John's gospel that could put Jesus on the cross is Pilate. And it is Pilate who loaded the question to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? If Jesus had answered this in the affirmative, Pilate could just sweep him out of the way. But Jesus didn't affirm this. Jesus said his kingdom wasn't of this world. And Pilate latched on to this. Pilate said, so you are a king then? And Jesus looked at him and said, you say that I am. For this purpose I came into the world. In other words, I'm not saying that. And the reason I'm here before you is because I've got to be here for a different purpose, a different reason. You're just a pawn. Get on with what you've got to do. Pilate goes back to the crowd and he tells them, I find nothing wrong. No sin in this man. But they had a tradition that each year they would, release a pi- uh, 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 they would release a prisoner to them. So he asked them, Can I release this Jesus, this King of the Jews? And that crowd would have nothing to do with it. No, they said, crucify him. The soldiers put a robe on Jesus, a crown on his head of thorns. They paraded him around. They smacked the crown of thorns into his head. They just repeatedly again and again Mocked, hurt, spit. And then Pilate says something that you ought to really, 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 really think about. Pilate brings Jesus out before the crowd in the robe and in the crowd, or in the crown, and he says to the crowd, Behold the man. Now just stop right there for a minute and think about that. Behold the man. Was Pilate trying to draw sympathy for Jesus? Was Pilate trying to say, well, this man's innocent, as he had already said? Jesus wasn't an insurrectionist. He wasn't a threat. He was not a revolutionary. He didn't want to overthrow Caesar. Pilate was just a man. And they had done enough to him. Could it be that Pilate was simply saying, look at him. Haven't haven't you done enough already? Well, the answer is no. It wasn't enough. Because what the crowd cried out was, Crucify him! It was not enough. And so the sin of humanity, the sin of this crowd, they cried out that it wasn't enough. What would be enough? Well, if he died. And as much as Jesus said to John the Baptist when he was baptized by him, Suffer it to be so now to fulfill all righteousness. In this moment... In this moment, Jesus, without opening his mouth, was saying to Pilate, Suffer it to be so now, to fulfill all righteousness. As Pilate said to the crowd, Behold the man. And as they looked upon him and saw his blood, they saw his body preparing to be crucified. They saw the mocking. They saw everything that took place. It wasn't enough. Jesus had to die. Jesus knew it. And I think now Pilate knew it. I think the very crux of this story is this. Jesus isn't a king at all. But in this moment, he is experiencing what it means to be a human. Just as clearly human as it could be. And Pilate says, behold the man. you remember when the Hindenburg film is showed on on movie reels on TV. Remember when the Hindenburg exploded into flames? Do you remember uh, the phrase of that man? His name was Herbert Morrison, and as the Hindenburg was arriving on American soil and it caught on fire, it erupted in flames. Do you remember what he said? Oh, the humanity! Pilot's saying here. Be the man. In other words, it can't get much worse than this. Oh, but Pilot didn't know. <laughs> crucifixion is really ugly. John's gospel, it's written in the, the Koine language. That's the street language. It's the common language of, of his day. Remember how he started his gospel? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. That's, that's all very common language. It's language that we understand. And then you get down to about the 8th verse and it says, And that word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, glory of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, John's gospel from beginning to end has been telling us something. This Jesus, this word of God, this man, he is the Son of God. The Son of God became man and dwelt amongst us. That's why John the Baptist said, after me comes one who ranks before me, because he was before me. John the Baptist, he didn't say, here's God. He said, there's this man, but he's ahead of me because he is ahead of everyone. John refers to Jesus as the Son of Man 13 times in his gospel. Church, tonight, as you you look at this Jesus... As you look at this Jesus who's crucified on this Good Friday, I'd encourage you to behold the man. Because it's this man, this Son of God, that became flesh, that died on a cross for our sins. And that's really what we need to see. And so John concludes with these words. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst and a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch, and they held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit.